Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. My name is Corby LaCroix, and the song you're hearing right now is called Great and Mighty One, available on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your music. But for now, here's your host and my friend, Aaron Conrad. Great Redeemer, God of grace. All right, everybody, welcome back to Unscripted from my studios in Old Coyote. Whew. Today's an exciting day. Exciting day for two re- two people, both people on this call. It's an exciting day for me because I get to interview the amazing, amazing Abby Anderson. And it's an exciting day for her. Today's her album launch day. This is crazy to me that you would give me a little bit of time on your album launch day, Abby. Unbelievable. First of all, <laughs> congratulations on your, your launch of your debut album. It's amazing. Thank you. Wow. Abby, welcome Thank to you. Unscripted. Hey, thanks for having me, Aaron. This is uh this is quite the intro. So this is gonna be fun. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. We just had a little pregame. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh let me just so just in case anybody missed it, um now I only have access to Spotify. Apple probably has some stats out there that I can't apparently access. Spotify, uh Make Him Wait has over 20,000, 20, I'm sorry, 20 million downloads <laughs> on Spotify. Uh, another song, uh, We Go Together has 10 million, almost 11 million downloads. Bad Posture has 2 million downloads. Uh, I Still Love You, I'll Still Love You, I'm sorry, has over 2.5 million downloads. Uh, this Feeling has 3 million downloads. Like, Abby, Shallow has 3 million. Your cover of Shallow unbelievable that I get to sit and talk to you you. today. Uh, It's just incredible. So what is that like? Like, let's, let's start at the very beginning. Um, I was introduced to you, not, not personally, but in a concert. So my daughter and I, who uh, uh, is now in college, but we, and and I actually looked up the date today. It was December 6, 2019. Do you remember that concert in Columbus? In Columbus, yes. Columbus, Ohio. Oh my gosh, I do. Wasn't it like a? Was that like a radio show? It was. It was ninety-two point three here in Columbus, Ohio. Massive concert. So it was you, Dylan Scott, and Brantley Gilbert. And oh my gosh, yeah. You remember? Yep. Okay, so you come out and you you drop this song called "Make Him Wait." While I'm standing mm-hmm. with my little girl, who's not a little girl anymore, she's now in that dating age. And so uh, I just remember standing there with my arm around her, and we were both like all choked up, which is on brand for me. Um, <laughs> but I just, that's where I was introduced to you. And so since then, I've been a fan, and um, I'm just so honored today to come on. So can you tell us, let's start at the very beginning. Why don't you tell us your story? Because I'm familiar with it because I've been stalking you for like two weeks. So <laughs> why don't you tell our audience your story. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So I am originally, I was born in uh, San Antonio, Texas. 
And um, and then my family, we all moved to Dallas when I was like eight or nine. Um, so growing up in Texas, also I come from a huge family. There's seven kids in my family, six girls, one boy, more on that later. But <laughs> I think right. growing up in Texas, like, you know, country music, especially, and just good music in general is just so much a part of Texas. Yeah. And it's such like a, of a melting pot of just, you know, everything from like jazz to blues, R&B, country, like, you know, Tejano, like all of it. And so that's what I grew up listening to, everything. Um, yeah. My mom is from, originally from uh, Chihuahua. And so we grew up listening to like, anytime she was in the kitchen, you know, it was always like Mexican mariachi music. I can't speak Spanish, so I'm like the worst Mexican <laughs> on the planet. Like my mom's, my mom brings all the culture, okay? And my dad's this white boy from Utah, so I get like the- <laughs> What in the world? How did that even happen? That's a whole other episode, I don't right? know. I, yeah, that's a whole other episode on their story, but- it was uh it was definitely you know you got you got a good uh good taste of, of two worlds growing up and um i just i started playing piano when i was five and i don't ever remember i don't ever remember like deciding okay i'm gonna do music like it just always felt like it was just always there and like right. i was just always going to mm-hmm. so that's so kind of where you, it all you, started for me and so you knew early on, this is your passion. Like that was your, that was your lane was going to be music. Is that right? I say so. Yeah. Like it just always, it was just always something I loved. It just was always there. What, what was the first song that you really ever, so you started with piano. What was the first song you really like locked in on with that, that you just jammed? That, that, oh my piano. gosh. It was, what was so, your jam? It was, man, I was on like the Judd's kick when I turned like seven. And so I was just obsessed with everything the Judds did. The very first song I ever learned was Flies on the Butter by the Judds. It was the first song I ever covered. And I remember I played that in my sixth grade talent show. And and all the kids, like, first of all, I was not cool. I was a total dork, like just kind of loner in school. And like friends with everybody, friends with no one kind of thing. And I remember I played that song and like all the kids, all the kids were just staring at me like, what song is this? You know, (laughs) like they're all listening to like Jason Derulo. And I'm like, have you heard of the Judds though? (laughs) Know your roots. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no, the Judds was like them and and, uh, Silver Wings by Merle Haggard. I remember I just played those over and over and over again. So that's crazy. So early on, you knew your country roots as far I mean, you I just did. mentioned two like columns, pillars in the country oh, yeah. community. Uh, you knew early on your country roots and everybody else wanted to probably hear Jason Derulo. Or Exactly. Hey, not, and nothing wrong with Jason Derulo. I love him. Not at you all. Know, Absolutely. But... <laughs> Super talented. So so then uh, you, you started through that process. And I believe, as I understood it, you at some point in your high school years, please correct me if I'm wrong, but at some point in your high school years, you said, I want to be homeschooled because I want to, I really want to lock in on music. Like you really knew that was you. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I, I remember I was all throughout my childhood. I was super involved in sports and all me and all my siblings were always just super, super busy. 
And I remember um, I'd started doing, this is how dorky I am. I started doing classical piano competitions all around Texas. And like when you're playing classical piano, you're talking about two, three hours of practice every day. Right. And um, I just remember thinking like, okay, I have school all day for eight hours. I know I'm not going to use any of this later in life. Like I know I'm going to do music. It just is. Yeah. I want to like hone in on piano. I'm already touring. I was playing a bunch of shows all around Texas. So, and I was just exhausted. I was getting like three hours of sleep at night as a high schooler. And I'm like, I don't want to like, what's the point, you know? So I remember I told my parents, I think I was 14 or 15, um, asked them like, Hey, yeah, you cool if I homeschool and just hone in on what I want to do because we all know I'm going to Nashville, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, my parents have always been like left to center, kind of free spirit, do whatever you want to do. So they were really cool with it and and supported me in that. So uh, you left, and I don't mean to run through if there's anything we need to go back and cover, but there, because, there, you know, there's just a lot to cover. I, I got, you, you should see my <laughs> desk. I have more notes in front of me, but uh, <laughs> it's crazy. And I'm, it's unscripted normally, but I got a lot of notes in front of me. Um, so you, as I understand it, you left home. Did you, you graduated at 17? Is that correct? Barely. Yeah. I mean, you caught this. It was funny. Technically, I didn't graduate, but in the state of Texas, I did. Because the, the state of Texas laws on schooling are, like, very loose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, like, I Googled, like, what it takes to leave high school. And it. for homeschoolers in the state of Texas, it just says you have to have a signed affidavit by your guardian saying you're done with school. Wow. So I was like, okay, we're done then. <laughs> like, took the ACT. Yeah. Right. Took the ACT, called it a day. I don't have a technical high school diploma, but like maybe I'll go back one day and get that. But yeah. <laughs> well, I have a feeling it ain't going to matter, Abby. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Hopefully not. I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot. <laughs> so that's all good. So you you left home at 17. To go to I Nashville. Did. Is that right? Had you ever been to Nashville before? So I'd been like one other time. Uh, by the time I was 15, I'd made a trip out there to do some writing. Uh, so I knew a couple people. I met um, my agent, Kylan Sharp, at the time. She was at CAA. And I she was, she was a great mentor to me in my early career. And she just told me like, hey, kid, if you want to do anything, in music, you got to be here. You have yeah. to be in Nashville. Right, right. I've found that myself. I mean, as as my, I guess you'd call it, quote unquote, career has grown. Uh, there's just a lot that happens in Nashville that that I yeah. think makes makes the process a lot easier <laughs> when you're in proximity uh, with with the right people. But um, sure. that said, so you, when did you know? I want to go to Nashville. Like what, what was it about Nashville based on what you just said? Like, when did you know that in your early age that I, I got to get to Nashville and how did you tell your parents? Yeah, it was <laughs> for the question. songwriting. Mm-hmm. It was, it was totally for the songwriting. I mean, all, all the, all the songwriters that really influenced me happened to be country artists. And I don't think that's a mistake. Country music has some of the best songwriting ever. And I knew if I wanted to be a better songwriter, I needed to be in Nashville to do that and to, like, be with the big guns, so to speak. Um, And so I remember I, like, marched into my dad's 
my dad's workspace office at our home. And um, I just told him, I was like, hey, dad, hopefully this isn't a surprise, but, you know, I've decided college isn't going to be my thing. I don't see why I would. And uh, I want to move to Nashville and I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be a songwriter. I'm going to make this thing happen. And um, he just looked at me and he was like, well, you know, you're a senior next year. I know school isn't really your thing. What's to keep you from leaving now? And I was like, okay. (laughs) So he was really, really supportive and like, you know, what are you going to do here for six months? You're just going to like sit around and study something you're not going to use. Let's, you know, leave now. Um, And I'm really glad I did. Did they send you off by yourself? They did. Yeah. My, my mom and my mom and I drove out there together. Uh, it was like an eight hour drive, packed up the car, went out there and uh, she dropped me off. And I was like, all right. <laughs> See ya. So I, I drove her to the airport. I was bawling my eyes out and we said goodbye and I was good to go. That's insane to me. So I have a son and two daughters, uh, our 17 year old. So right at that age, when you left is still at home. Uh, but I've, I've had to drive, you know, first day of college for the, my son and my daughter, uh, the one that went to the concert with me and, uh, who, that wasn't an easy day. So I can't imagine leaving them in Nashville with, did you know, when you got to Nashville, was there a plan or was it just like, Hey, Abby, here's your, here's your apartment. Good luck to you. <laughs> you know, yeah, did there you, wasn't really, was there some, anything in planning? Yeah, there was not a ton of planning. I did know we had some family friends in Nashville, so I did stay with them. It wasn't like just, you know, some random apartment on my own. I stayed with them for like a month until I kind of like got used to Nashville and, and felt a little more confident navigating the city. Um, so I stayed with them. But other than that, I mean, my plan was, I was so green. I was so naive. I still am. Shoot. But I remember just moving to town. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a publishing deal. I'm just going to get a record deal. Like, why not? You know. And I really thought that's how it worked, Aaron. I thought you just showed up in town, knocked on the door of a publishing office, and just asked for a publishing deal. Like, I, right. that's what I literally did. So. Right. You play a night at Tootsie's and next thing you know, you got a multi-million dollar. And then you're famous. Yeah. And then you're Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, and we're going to talk about Taylor Swift because I, uh, anyway. Uh, Okay. So when did you start, start uh, songwriting? Because I think that came long before you arrived in Nashville, when you had your feet on the ground there, you were songwriting. Cause I know I've read, you know, I've seen, I've heard some graduation songs and there's a song for that. Like you've written some stuff. Uh, was that going on early on? And when did you, like, I don't even, I love lyrics. Like I'm all about yeah. the music. It's awesome. But the lyric is really what, uh, I think it's the soundtrack of our lives, you know, soundtrack, mm-hmm. music, lyrics. Um, there's so many people that can quote a lyric, uh, forget the beat of the song. They can quote the lyric. And so as a songwriter, I've always been, or as someone who writes songs, I've always been very interested in like, when did you sit down and just start penning just incredible yeah. songs you've written? Yeah. I started writing music when I was like nine. Oh, I think gosh. I wrote my first song when I was nine. And um, it was just, I was just always writing little jingles and stuff. And I think too, growing up in such a big family, you just do what you can for attention, you know? And that, that's not any like 
parents. I'm not slamming my parents. My parents did an awesome job. But like, that's a lot of kids, you know? Right, so right. I think naturally I just was always wanting to write music and I was just always trying to perform for everybody and, you know, listen to this. So I wrote my first song when I was nine. And, um, and then I was just writing little stuff every day. Is it more poetry or is it just you sitting that like when you write a song, is it you just sitting down and almost journaling or is it like writing, writing poetry? Like, I don't, I, I, I seriously I can't get my poetry. mind. <laughs> so it's just, is it more journaling then? Is it like, like, no, life? not at all. I, I am a journaler. Like I do write in my journal every day. Cause I, I got to get out what's my thoughts in my mind just for therapy, you know? But, um, no, when I'm writing typically, if, if it's something that I'm writing by myself, typically it's like an overwhelming feeling and I just need to sit down at the piano and just let it out, either cry, write down some stuff, whatever. Um, and if it's good, I'll take it to a co-writer, you know, I, um, I've written a few songs totally by myself when it just feels easy. Um, mm -hmm. but typically I just enjoy co-writing, like other people give me energy. Uh, yeah. and they make the songs better, you know, yeah. when you're, when you're working with someone else, typically, typically it turns out better. So that's kind of my thing is I, it always starts at piano or guitar. I'll start playing something and then words just start falling out. I, I, I can't get my head around that. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't know. How, I, I, I mean, that's probably why I'm not in Nashville that, and I can't play the piano, sing, or <laughs> play the guitar. Uh, all right. So at 19, you locked in your first contract. So two years after arrive, and so I don't want to tell, tell your story. Um, but as I understand it, two years after you arrived in Nashville, you had your first record deal. Is that correct? I did. Yeah. It happened pretty fast. How did it happen? Yeah. So I, again, when I moved to town, I was just, I was going out every single night, anywhere I could. I would um, ask the bouncers. I would tell them, look, I'm not here to drink. I know I'm 17. Like, I just want to sit and listen to music. And they knew me. So they'd be like, all right, whatever. So I, everywhere I went, if there was a songwriter that I just really, really liked that I was playing, I would just go up to him, introduce myself. I wouldn't ask him for a co-write. I would just say, like, you know, I just, could I pick your brain? Could I take you to coffee and, like, pick your brain for 20 minutes? I just want to learn what you know. And um, that, I think, asking that question, asking people if I could learn from them was, like, the probably the best thing I did. Um, not asking them to write with me, but just asking them to be a mentor. Um, and so through that, I just kind of created this little network of a support system. And two years in, I remember I'd met these ladies, uh, their company's called Showbiz Row, and they're independent song pluggers. So what that means is, is they find songs from songwriters and just pitch them to artists independently on their own and so I had met them and they were like hey we love your stuff like can we book your calendar for you and just help you get some good songs in um and I was like that'd be awesome yeah so I did that with them for a few months and then we felt like you know there were some good songs in there that we felt like felt like me as an artist um mm -hmm. so we went in and recorded five of them and then it just so happened that 
um, the label I had signed to was right across the street from their office. Wow. And so they were like, hey, let's, you know, we feel like we can shop this around. This stuff is great. And so they're like, let's just start across the street. <laughs> so they right, just right. walked me across the street. And wow. it just so happened that was the that was the first label to bite. And um, yeah, I ended up signing with them. What songs did you do with them? Was was Make Him Wait a part of that? That um, It that wasn't. No, it was not. The, okay. the early stuff, I don't think there is, golly, I don't think any of the songs that I took them made, I don't think I've released any of those, actually. They were just like so, so Wrong. green. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, but no, it was just, it was also musically and lyrically was what I loved. Like they were mm-hmm. all piano centered. I loved it. So, um, I guess that's, th- that, those are the songs that got their ears perked up, yeah. I guess. So I heard at some point you were, I'm curious about this too. When you arrived, were you being told who you were going to be? And I think this mm-hmm. really leads to your album, uh, your, your yeah. debut album today. For sure. Um, and I don't want to, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, just what, from what I've studied and learned from you, um, were you being told, Abby, this is who we think you are. And I think one of the quotes I heard somewhere was the, um, country Alicia Keys because you play <laughs> piano and you, you're really the entire package. And so, uh, were, am I, is that correct? Or did I get any of that wrong? Like, is there, were you being told Abby, you need to be this. And I don't know if Abby wanted to be that. Is, is that yeah. fair? No, it's interesting. I was never like told verbally, this is who you are. It was more yeah. through actions. Um, but no, it was interesting. I like when I first, got to town when I first showed up at that label too, I had a very clear idea of what I wanted to do musically. Mm-hmm. And it was all centered around the piano and it was all just like, what was on my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think somewhere along the way, and I wish I knew, I think I have an idea of like when it started, but for some reason I started telling myself the story and was being told this story of like, we just kind of started going down a different path. And I'm not sure why. I'm not sure how it happened. Um, obviously, I allowed it to happen. You know, I was 19. And looking back, looking back on that time in my life, I was such a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I just desperately wanted to make everyone happy. Right. Um, I think that's how I had functioned most of my life up to that point is just needing affirmation from everyone else because I didn't know how to give it to myself um, or speak up for myself. I had no idea how. And I remember there were a few meetings where I was like, man, like this music doesn't feel like me. It feels too, uh, too down the middle. It just doesn't feel honest. And, you know, it's hard to tell a whole room of business people like you don't, you know, I remember saying, like, I don't know about this, guys, and, and being told back, no, it's great, it's great, it's so good, blah, blah, blah. And you can't help but believe that, you know, because right. maybe they're right. Heck, they had success right. before. Why wouldn't they do it again? So, right. honestly, I, I look back on that time, no regrets. I think everybody was doing what they thought was best. Yeah. Um, and I did not, I don't think I knew how to properly advocate for myself in that space. Yeah. 
I think that's so easy to happen because I mean, I, I myself am, I started a business almost a year ago this week. Uh, uh, you know, my own business. And I think uh, there's a yeah. quote that says, you got to push away from the table when respect is no longer being served. I think that was one thing that drove me. And mm. two is knowing your value, knowing your worth. And I think you knew who you were. And I, again, I don't ever want to speak for you, but I feel like that's what I've uh, recognized in your story is that you knew who you were going to be and what you wanted to produce. That's got to be really hard because now you're kind of swimming upstream against uh, what Nashville or whoever that is. I don't even know who the people are, but you're, you're swimming against the current, but you're so steadfast in who you are. Is Because yeah. I, I think that's what I've seen in you is you know who you are. Thank you. Well, and that, that was the hardest part too was, yeah, like knowing in your gut what you want to do right. and what you can do, like your potential. I saw it so clearly in my mind, mm -hmm. but not feeling like I could do that. Right. Um, and it was like going against your gut every single day and just knowing yeah. like this doesn't feel right. This isn't right. This isn't right. But you know what, kid? Do it anyways. You know, right. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> and it's so hard because you're trying to make a name. I mean, there's so many factors in play there. You're trying to make a name. You're trying to make your way. You're trying to make contacts and networking, I would think, in Nashville, in that space. And yet you're not who you really want to be. Is that is that? Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. It was kind of more of like the shell of who I am. Yeah. Um, and all that to say, Aaron, I don't know who the heck I am. Like I'm learning every day, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's limitless. Like, every day yeah. I'm learning something new and I wouldn't ever try to define who I am, you know? Right. And so that was the weirdest part was I understand marketing. I understand like everyone's trying to keep a job. Everyone's trying to succeed, you know? Um, I think the line, there was a line crossed for me though when I was being told like, you're to this, you're to that, you need to be more like this, you need to be more like that. That is what made me painfully insecure, mm -hmm. like debilitatingly insecure. Right. And I think that's when I knew like, okay, this is not how creating music and releasing music as an artist should feel. This isn't how it's supposed to be. Right. Can I ask you a question? This may be a difficult question. If you don't want to talk about it, you can say pass. Uh, welcome to Unscripted. Yeah. It's it's a golden rule on, on Unscripted. Um, <laughs> I think at some point there was also some physical challenges for you in terms yeah. of what they were telling you to do. Do you want to talk about that or you can say pass? Oh, no, let's talk about it. Yeah, because okay. it, it was a big part of my story. Um, mm -hmm. Somehow, I think it all started in like 2018. And I remember I just, you get so busy on tour and on radio shows, you're just moving every single day in a different city. And so I had naturally lost, like, I didn't even, I didn't even realize I had lost weight. Apparently I had lost quite a bit of weight. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't until I started getting more attention um, in the office space, people saying like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Like what are you doing? You've lost so much weight. And I think in my young, you know, I was 21, I guess, 20, 21 year old brain, I translated that to mean, oh, this is how they want me to be. This is value. how right. people like me. This is my value. Everyone's paying attention to me now, you know? Right. 
And obviously that was not their intention. That was not anybody's intention. I think it just naturally happens. We live in a society where like, we're so focused on that all the time. And it's one of the reasons why I will never comment on someone's physical appearance because you never know what is going on. They could look healthy and they could be sick as hell. (laughs) Right, right, 100%. Um, And so I think that was kind of the, this weird light, this weird switch in my brain turned on where I was like, ding, ding, ding. Okay, affirmation, affirmation. This is, this is something I can control, right? I didn't feel musically like I had any say in the music I was releasing and how it was being marketed, how it looked. Um, And so I was like, okay, I can control this though. I can control how I look. Mm. And, you know, I don't like my music. Well, it doesn't matter. People like how it look. So let's focus on that, you know? Mm. And um, the problem with that is you can only... And I'm, I don't even mean this physically. I mean, spiritually, emotionally too. You can only starve yourself for so long until you snap. Right. And I think I really tried for golly, I guess two years to focus on the physical. And I realize now looking back me starving myself physically you know, binging, purging. I did it all. You at you ask what kind of eating disorder I had? I did everything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you <laughs> and for I look honesty, back on yeah. that. No, yeah, and I look back on that, and I'm realizing I was starving emotionally. I was starving spiritually. I was so wow. empty. Yeah. Nothing I did felt fulfilling. You know, and so food. I remember I would be on tour. I would play a show full of music that I thought was just okay, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I would get off stage and just feel so empty Mm. and just feel like, and and so what did I do? Immediately I went to catering and just ate everything I could to like, now I realize it was a metaphor for just trying to fill myself, feel something. And then, you know, the next day, oh, shoot, you got to be on stage in a crop top next day. So we got to get rid of it. And it was just this terrible, ugly cycle of that. And what's crazy is that the second I did something out of my own peace and made a decision and, and acted on something that I knew in my gut I needed to do, my whole eating disorder like went away on its own. Wow. Wow. Like it, it was insane to me how quickly I recovered. Um, and I know that's not everyone's experience with an eating disorder. Like they are crazy and they really mess with your head. Um, but in my case in 2020, I just had this feeling like I, I'm literally killing myself spiritually, Mm. physically, emotionally, I can't keep functioning out of, you know, what's making everyone else happy because everyone else around me was super happy, you know, right? right, and yet I was miserable. And so the second I decided to get out of that situation, to leave that record deal, the I just remember walking out of that office and sitting in the parking lot in my car and just, I have never felt so happy and so peaceful 
right. and just feeling like absolute 1000% joy and being and, and just hugging myself and being like, okay, like you took care of yourself, kid. It's not that hard. <laughs> like right. We can do this. You know? right. That was a launching point for you. Correct. Like it was, I think you, you absolutely. And I, I appreciate you sharing that because that's a, you know, it's something that people don't want to talk about. Like we don't want to talk yeah. about it because it's not, you know, it's not comfortable, but it's something we've dealt with in our home. And I think I shared that with you and uh, the original yeah. email to you. You know, I, I didn't even know that when, uh, when I made this invitation um, and it just hit home even more because it is something that so many, especially in a TikTok world, like you got to look good for the TikTok. You got even, mm-hmm. you know, not people chasing albums, just being on TikTok. And I, it's so dangerous. It's so scary. And I'm, I'm glad that you were able to really connect with what the, yeah. I think you said it so well, it was something you could control. I don't want people to miss that uh, because I think yeah. that really is at the root of so many of, of those, um, you know, young ladies and guys, there's guys that deal with it too, uh, that, mm-hmm. that really feel like it's something they can control in a world where they can't control a lot of things, especially in COVID. Like we can control anything and that, you know, that's scary. So thank you for sharing that. Um, no, thank you for asking. It's been crazy. Like sharing that story and getting so many messages from young women and men yeah. dealing with the same thing. Yeah. Like it well, is crazy. And Thank you. But I really do think, like, I I wonder if the reason why more young women suffer from eating disorders is because we live in a world where we're told every day what to be, you know? And and I think it's getting better. Like, I look at the world today and I'm like, there's no more labels. There's no more, like, you know, women are supposed to be this way, men are supposed to be that way. Um. I don't think, at least for me, I, I didn't feel the need anymore to like literally shrink myself to please others or to make others feel more comfortable. Yeah. That's kind of the root of it, I think. Uh, amazing. Uh, you Again, <laughs> and I, you, you mentioned something earlier about um, your brand. You still don't know who you are. I can tell you, I think again, I'm a, I'm a kind of a music honk. I'm a music fan. I, I, I follow and I love music and all genres. Uh, it's funny what you talked about growing up, listening to all those. Cause I, I mean, new edition is probably the, the best grant, the best band that ever has ever played, but Eric church is also <laughs> my favorite artist. So I'm all over yeah. the place, but I think for you, what I see in you, and I'm sure you hear this a lot, it's just you, like your personality is so contagious, the joy, the smile you you have on your face right now. Like, uh, I think there's so many artists that just go out and do their thing and you know, everybody's got their thing, but I think for you, it's just, it's such a contagious joy, uh, is what I see in you. And I, I think it's very natural. It's not for the cameras. I think it's very, very natural. And I appreciate that about, um, about you even way back, you know, and whatever it was. December 6th, 2019, when we saw that concert, there was just a joy in you that, that was very contagious. Um, so I'd say run with that, but what do I know? <laughs> I've never produced a <laughs> single album. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So you left the album or you left the record label and yeah. uh, when, so I think, when did you write uh, make him wait? Oh, so I wrote make him wait. Uh, I believe it was in like 2017. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And I remember it was funny as we wrote that song. And I remember thinking like, okay, this would be cool for someone else. Like, but I don't see myself singing this, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, and then, so just shows you, what do I know? <laughs> right, right. But no, I remember writing that and I'm like, I never would have thought that would be a single ever. Um, and so I definitely warmed up to it. I think my, you know, the label had heard it and was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is the first single. Obviously very thankful that, they saw something I couldn't at the time. Right. Do you think it is? So Garth Brooks has the dance and I'm not in yeah. any way comparing these two songs, but please do, do not th- compare. Cause that song is a masterpiece. <laughs> it is again, maybe, maybe unfair comparison, but in a scale uh, economies <laughs> of scale um, is, is, do you think that make him wait will be your, the dance or do you think you have, I don't know. Honestly, like the... It's a hard the, question. Yeah, the competitor in me doesn't want it to be because I always like to think that I'm going to outright myself and outdo right. myself. Love it. Uh, so honestly, I hope I write something, you know, different, better. I don't know. I hope I beat it because that's just yeah. fun, just, you know. Um, I do think, however, it was definitely like the most important song in my career so far, for sure. It's, I think it's a foundation piece. And I will tell you that I think you have equaled maybe outwritten, out, outwritten it already. So in fairness, cause okay, there's well other songs. Like, Thank you. <laughs> for, for real. And I think some of them are on the new album, which I want to talk about. Um, so transitioning to that, how did we get to a place where now you're ready to release the entire album? Yeah, my gosh. Well, left my deal depressed off my ass for like six months after. And I think too, is because one, it was the middle of COVID. Okay. Pretty crappy year. (laughs) And then two, I don't think I realized how much of my identity I had wrapped up in having a record label, uh, being an artist, touring, writing music. Like I literally, I was so identified with okay, music is who I am and nothing else. Yeah. And so when all that is taken from you, you can't tour, you're not riding every day with people, you're not recording. It's like, okay, who am I? Like, what value do I have in the world? Right. And so I went through quite the identity crisis during COVID, but it also taught me, I just, I finally learned like music is something I do and I love it but it is not who I am. And those are two Mm. very different things. And I have to be able to feel my value as a human being. You know, if, you know, God forbid I lose my voice one day or like that Mm. is the most important. And once I learned that lesson, I think I started writing better music that was more authentic because suddenly I didn't worry about 
I wasn't concerned with people's opinions of my music or their opinions of me because I realized that has nothing to do with me. Right. Nothing. Right. Um, so COVID was 2020 was probably the most important year for my self growth, my growth of my artistry. Um, didn't really do anything in music for those six months. And then I met my now producer, Marshall Altman at a random show in someone's backyard. And um, he had come up to me because he had heard me playing and I, we had known of each other. We just never really like officially, officially met. And he was like, Hey kid, uh, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, heard you left your record deals. What, what's going on? You know, what, what's, what's the plan? Right? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I literally don't know. He just kind of picked me up like a little bird and fostered me and got me back in the studio and was like, listen, you know, let's get you in the studio. You need a write again. Let's work together. And he was like, it might be great. might be terrible. Let's just, you know, try each other out. And um, I remember we had started writing and he was like, I was sitting, I was sitting on a chair, like not by the piano when we were writing. And he was like, Hey, you're a piano player. Right. And I was like, yeah. He's like, go sit your ass down at the piano then. <laughs> like, right, go play right. piano then. And I've never had a producer uh, tell me that. Like, or, or tell me, like, you're an amazing player. Why aren't you playing piano on all the records? Like, this, right. that is that was the fundamentals of what made you an artist. It started at right. the piano. So sit down at the piano. That's right. <laughs> um, and so, no, that was working with Marshall changed my life. Like yeah. that man, if it weren't for him, I think I would have figured out a way, but the music would not be what it is yeah. today at all. So funny that it happened at a random, just random. Random you show. Know I mean? and that, yeah. You know how God works? Like, I, mean, I just think we end up in places and we're like, I can't even explain how all this happened. Oh, totally. Did. I didn't even want to play that show. I was being a little right. brat about it. And then it was the best thing that ever happened to me. So right. sometimes despite ourselves, uh, we, we, you know, we exactly. ended up in, in situations that, uh, uh, just put us on the tra trajectory. So I, I, the, I love where you're headed. Um, thank you. I really do. I, I think your apps. So again, is just kind of, and again, my, my, opinion 50 cents might get you the paper <laughs> the local paper <laughs> it's not worth a whole lot uh but but i will tell you just as a music fan listening really getting into the lyrics listening and i'm i'm kind of a person where i'll listen to an album the first time and i'm like yeah i hate it um and then i'll go back and really you know really have time to listen to it more and then i'm like oh, it's, yeah. it's okay or then it was great and and i know when i really love an album um i hate to say it, eric church actually pretty much everything he puts out i'm like man like that guy just knows what he's Agreed. doing and and it just it's that immediate connection and then there's sometimes where you gotta you know you gotta spend some time with it that was not your album your album was immediate like Thank i you. think there's nine so nine songs on the new nine album is that songs. right nine yep. songs um of the nine um there's a few that i just uh, gosh, I don't even know where to go and how to go to go about this. So we already talked about making wait amazing song. Yeah, uh, you wrote one for your dad, or or did you? I assume you wrote the one, Daddy. Is that right? The That's oh one? my gosh, I wrote that when I was like 15. It's old school. Yeah, it's old, old school, but it's really old, good. Old, old, yeah. But it's I, I think it transcends time. 
because Thank I'm a dad. I, I'm a girl dad. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, got me over here just bawling listening to that one. But um, on the new album, there's one song I want to wait till the end to talk about. But okay. uh, <laughs> so let's talk. Uh, let's start with Bad Posture. Where did that come yeah. from? So again, that I wrote that about my eating disorder. And I wrote that wow. about leaving my record deal. Wow. Um, yeah, it was kind of that was like the start of the album. I it was COVID again. And the girl I wrote it with her name is Anna Voss. She's an incredible songwriter artist in Nashville. So such a gifted writer. And um, we were really good friends. And so she'd come over to the to my apartment. And we we're just hanging out, you know, catching up. And I remember I don't know where I got this habit, but and it might have been from like growing up in a very religious environment where I think as a girl, you just get it in your brain and you're kind of told that like you are responsible for men's thoughts of you, mm. whether those are like, quote unquote, dirty or clean or whatever. And so I remember I developed this terrible habit of just slouching over and just kind of like hiding everything mm. and I remember I was riding with Anna and like we were both slouched over and I looked at her and I was like dude why do we do that like why do we slouch like it's so we you know we're freaking beautiful like we yeah. should be standing up straight you know right. Right. <laughs> and we started laughing at each other and she was like man it's so funny you say that because I've had this idea forever in my phone called bad posture and she was like, I don't know what it's about. And as soon as she said bad posture, I just got goosebumps because I immediately knew what it was going to be about. Yeah. And so I just sat down at the piano and started playing those first chords. Of, da, da, da. And the first line I say right off the bat is, I shake myself to make you feel taller. Whew. And it was literally just about every feeling I had. Mm in that record deal mm -hmm. and in, in a strict religion in a few people I've crossed paths with again, not their fault. Everybody's, everybody's functioning out of what they know and everyone's right. doing the best they can. Right. Um, but the overarching feeling was I needed to be a certain way to make others feel comfortable. Mm. And I needed to be a little more quiet so that others, others, you know, would feel more comfortable and just always feeling like I'm either too loud or I'm too goofy or I'm too this, I'm too that. And I was just fed up with it. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm not too anything. Like I'm, I'm a child of God. <laughs> like mm. I just, I'm a spirit. Like I'm, right. there's nothing too much about that right. and uh me and anna wrote that wrote bad posture in like 30 minutes it was the wow. easiest song to ever write and i just remember like we were both bawling because it was just like therapy for she had been in some tough situations too or the same thing has happened to her i think we all have mm -hmm. um so it was very very therapeutic and i wow. think it was probably the most important song i have written because it really did start the whole, the whole album. Wow. I, I, so my mind's blown uh, because <laughs> the, 
the video and now it all makes sense. And I'm sitting here thinking through it as you're talking about the lyrics, because it does that, that opening line, I shrink myself to make you feel better. It's stronger. Yeah. It, was it taller? Taller. Yeah. Same Thank thing you. though. Same I'm thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. A, but yeah. again, I, so I shrink myself to make you feel taller. Gosh, mm-hmm. now that like my mind's blown because you're talking about that could insert anything. The music video happens to do with a domestic situation and yeah. it's a powerful video with the, uh, with the eight, you know, the 800 number at the end, uh, really powerful. But I, I never thought of it in the process, in, in the thought of goodness, that could be anything, Abby. Like yeah. whew, I, I have a feeling anybody listening to this, if you go listen to it now through a different lens, through your lens, not, not you, whoever's hearing this, go listen mm-hmm. to that song through your lens. Whoo. Okay. Just blew my mind. Happy goodness sakes. Because seriously, it's so, so it, it's, it was powerful to me and I wasn't in a situation like the video, but, uh, gosh, now I'm, I'm, my mind's blown. I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say. Thank you. It's an amazing song. So, um, insecure. I like that one too. So let's go to insecure. Yeah. Is that kind of along the same lines? A little bit. Yeah. So that's, what's funny. I was doing a TikTok live last night. And I was kind of answering the same questions and everyone was like, Abby, like, we don't get it. Like, you're happily married. Why are all these songs breakup songs? And I was like, because I had the biggest breakup of my life over the past Mm. two years, like breaking up with the girl I used to be and all the awful stories I used to tell myself, you know, so insecure is about the same thing. Like, it, it sounds like, you know, I've just broken up with a guy and. You know, I'm going out tonight and I'm going to be all right. And right. Um, but the line in there that says, you know, I ain't who I was before. I ain't that anymore. Insecure. I remember, again, I was just writing about like being debilitatingly insecure about everything I did um, because I was just constantly questioned every turn I took. Just. Yeah. Again, you're to this, you're to that. Why'd you do this? Why are you posting that? Take that post down. You know what I mean? And you can't help, especially as a young girl, just feel like, golly, can I do anything right? Like, or am I just wrong all the time? Mm -hmm. Like just the way I am is just wrong. And I need to be what they want me to be, you know, and just shut up. (laughs) And so that's what I did for a long time. I just shut up. And uh, that's not, that didn't feel authentic. That felt... That felt pretty lame. <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah. what that's kind of what insecure is about. It's so interesting because I think you have a chance to to write your own path. As we talked about, I think there's gonna be a lot of people, especially in Nashville, there's gotta be people telling you to be one thing. But if that's gonna be who you're gonna be and be miserable the rest of your life, like what's the point? You know like, what I mean? Literally, I, what's the point? I, yeah. Now if it's you know, and, and I, I think that's that it, it fascinates me about the music industry. If I got millions of dollars in the bank and a big old house and you know, I'm, I'm everybody's favorite person or, you know, what, you know, what comes with fame. Was it worth it though? If I was miserable, I think there's movies written yeah. about it. Right. I mean, I think, uh, star is born. Uh, is that the same yeah. movie, right? That's where shallow came yeah. from. Right. Incredible remake. But, uh, anyway, I think that that's kind of the, that movie, you know, that whole process. It's like, well, I just want to be who I am, not what everybody wants yeah. to make me to be. So, but I've never thought about these songs through the lens of, Cause I think we do hear them when we hear breakups with boyfriends or relationships mm-hmm. and, you know, we embrace them that way, but I've never thought of them through that lens. So I'm so glad that you have talked about Thank that. Thank you. Okay. 
Where did all the cowboys go? Oh, oh I love Abby, this Abby, one. Oh, Abby, can we talk about this one? Because I love this song too. I yes, mean, it's so good. Is is so? Yes. Is it your fa- Is it your favorite one on the album? Are you allowed to say? If I won, if it, it is one of my favorites for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good because my mama raised me to uh, walk on the street side and to mm-hmm. open doors and to. Where is chivalry gone? I think that's almost the question. And I think that's the question yeah. of the song. What what made you write? Where did all the cowboys go? Um, so I had met my now husband. I just met him. And I remember going on my first date with him. And I always knew because of my dad, like my and growing up in a family of six girls, you know, I think my parents just were like just honed in with us on what to expect on a date. And, you know, if a guy doesn't do this, you then yeah. why stick around? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was stuff like he should open the door. He should pay for dinner. If he's asking you out, he should be paying for dinner. He should be paying for the whole shebang, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just always love those lessons because it's like, I don't know. I think a lot of people could argue like, oh, that's not feminist, whatever. I consider myself a feminist because I'm like, I know my worth. And that, right. you know, why right. wouldn't a, why wouldn't a man open my door? What's wrong with that? <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so I just met my husband, we went on a first date and I had gone on some pretty crappy dates for like a good two months where I'm just like, golly, this is not it. This right. is not, this is not how I was raised. This is not the caliber. Okay. That I'm looking for. <laughs> I love that. And honestly, I wasn't even looking. I was just having fun. But um, he had picked me up and it was just next level. I was just, I remember he took me on a date and I've been on good dates before, but he was just so like unapologetically just chivalrous, kind, um, just like a good dude, you know? And, you know, stuff like, you know, opened my door for me and, you know, was just asked a lot of questions, was interested in, in what was going on in my life. And it was just so refreshing. And so I think a week later, I was back in Nashville. I wrote this song with Josh Kerr and Troy Virgis, who are amazing songwriters. I love them. And I kind of started it as a joke. Like we had written one song earlier that day and it was just like, okay. And Later that day, Josh had started playing something hokey on the guitar because we were just goofing around. I was like, off the top of my head, I was just like, where do the cowboys go? Kind of making that walk you home. Like, I was, I was joking. Yeah. I was totally joking. And then um, we all kind of looked at each other and we were like, wait a minute. That's actually kind of cool. Like, can we make it actually good? Yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. And then Josh started playing on the guitar like, an actual serious melody and it literally again we wrote that in 20 minutes i think that was the fastest song i've ever written wow it was so fast just fell out and i literally i was just writing about my husband tyler just everything he did on this date that's pretty like i mean my husband is exceptional okay he's the shit all right but (laughs) i will say everything he did on our first date is just kind of like the stuff that i think should be expected on any date you know it's not like anything crazy (laughs) and um and i just know a lot of girls my age feel that way like golly like 
I just want a nice guy. This is not asking for a lot. Just right. someone who opens my door for me and makes me feel valued, you know? Right. Um, so I was kind of writing that for all the women, I guess. Yeah. And for all the, and the good. dudes. I've been, and the dudes. Like, I've been <laughs> like, surrounded seriously. by some amazing, amazing men in my life um, who probably feel underappreciated sometimes, maybe, or feel like girls don't want that. So right. it's kind of a song for everybody. Not necessarily about cowboys per se. I love cowboys, right. but right. to me, a cowboy is just someone who treats you right. right. That's all. It's chivalry and, and it's dead. Yeah. I think it's dead and I hate that. So let me, let me take, cause I think, you know, um, uh, make him wait. Um, where did all the cowboys go? Uh, other songs you've written. They, there's a theme there. Is it, so I'm an old hat. I got two daughters that are not far from your age. And I, I think that's what I see in today's world. Uh, and again, one, something I appreciate mm-hmm. you is make him, nobody makes him wait. They don't. Yeah. It's, it's well, a snap. It's a, it's a text. It's a, um, it, now we have apps that, and I'm not preaching. I'm just saying like, I think the wonder of being a cowboy has been lost in how easy and accessible um, life is. And now I'm preaching. I'm just saying, like, I think (laughs) that's what I love about those songs and why they connect with me is because that's what I want for my girls. Like make him wait, don't snap, don't, you know, you can Snapchat, but don't, don't send something that, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm, I'm on a whole nother yeah. rant, but I, I think that's what the purity no, I that I love it. in those songs. Does that make sense? Like, I think yeah. those songs are important guys open the door, you know, you know, all the things like walk on the street side, uh, make your girl feel appreciated on a date. Yeah. Don't just show up and have yeah. dinner. And then, uh, and the same for the girls, you know, make him wait. Like don't anyway. All right, we're preaching. Well, I hope uh, I'm that, pre- like, the overarching message, too, is I don't think I don't think young women are taught how powerful we are. Absolutely. And you got to take that power. Message, you got to hold it. Yeah, like, even in um, whether it's, like, any religion or, like, any corporation or anything where there's, like, a hierarchy of power. You don't ever, you rarely see a woman in that position, you know? And then you're always felt like, at least my feeling growing up was, okay, my job and my place is just in the home. And I'm supposed to turn 18, get married as soon as possible, raise babies. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not saying like, that is the hardest job in the world. I'm not knocking that. I have all respect for that. We need awesome mothers. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I don't even think mothers are, are taught or shown how powerful they are. Right. Like just women in general. And I, I, I hope that like that's a message I convey in my music is that women are powerful. We hold all the power, you could argue, <laughs> with everything. Right. And um, I was always taught, you know, my mom did a really great job of teaching me and my sisters. Like, you guide the ship and mm-hmm. he's going to steer it anywhere you want to go. But you're the right. captain, you know? Wow. And um, yes, I hope I hope that's the message people get. Is they're very, very powerful. 
I think you could, you could write a whole book with all the songs you've written for all the things you just said. A very inspirational, powerful <laughs> book. So maybe maybe that's in the works. I mean, you're in Nashville. Maybe one day. <laughs> you're in Nashville. Wait, I mean, Insecure, um, Make Him Wait, uh, you know, um, a bad, inf- uh, bad Posture, um, Where Did All the Covers. Like those four songs alone, that right there, that's your book. Thank I'm, you. I'm just saying. So if you ever need an agent, I got you. Uh, anyway. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, what I will say is I think your mom and dad set the bar. Uh, at the right for height sure. for you. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I feel really, really lucky to like, not a lot of kids have both parents, first of all, much less great parents. Right. And so I feel really, really lucky, very privileged to have the parents that I do. You do. So I'm so thankful we got this interview because I have a feeling, Abby, you are on a rocket ship that's going to really take off. And I'm so honored that I got to, to interview you before you, thank you, you, you I, I just have a feeling you're set to heights that are going to be awesome and so i'm so honored to hey, have we'll that. see that's uh, the hope man <laughs> again that in 50 cents might get you a today's paper i don't know but uh whatever <laughs> so you already give me an hour of your time let me can, do you mind if we do some rapid fire absolutely let's do it all right how many instruments do you play two and they are uh, piano and guitar. Piano. Can you play an electric guitar? I'm sorry, I added this. It's, can you? Play I don't think I would. Well, uh, not lead. I wouldn't try. I wouldn't try my hand at lead. I wouldn't let anybody listen to me. <laughs> can you play a slide guitar? No, but I'm gonna want to learn that. That'd be fun. I gotta think it's pretty easy if you know all that. Yeah, you know, I was when I learned how to play the piano as a child. I could play anything after that. I really could. Really. Like, once you read music and you can play a piano, you can pretty much figure all the rest of it out. Like, all right, well, we'll see. I'll have to try it out. <laughs> all right, slide guitar. I want. I want to hear. I want to see a TikTok with Abby playing a slide guitar. There you go. <laughs> all right. This comes all the way from Italy from a former Ohio State softball player uh, who is now playing professionally in Italy. She wanted to know, uh, shout out Lexi, she wanted to know how many rings on the phone until you answer and how long do you recommend you make him wait on that phone? (laughs) Oh, oh, Lexi, let's go. Man, okay, here's my thing. I will say I only played games like that for like the first month. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to make it too easy. You got to make them wonder there. That's hot. You got to make them wonder a little bit. So I would say sometimes I wouldn't answer at all and just make them, make them wonder like, Oh, I'm busy. Sorry. I missed you. You know, I would say maybe don't answer a couple times. The first time he starts calling you call him back, obviously, but maybe like a couple hours later and you know, that's okay. Then after a month, answer on the first ring, you know, who are you trying to, you know, <laughs> once you get comfortable, I wouldn't hold any card secret. It's <laughs> perfect. That will be an absolute answer. I will be sending that to Italy uh, here electronically. As soon Thank as we're you, done. Lexi. That's awesome. Thank you, Lexi. Uh, if you were on a deserted island, what are the five albums that you want with you? Oh, that's a good one. I would say... First one is Heart of a Wheel by Linda Ronstadt. Goodness. And then okay. uh, Come Away With Me, Nora Jones, for mm, sure. So good. So good, yeah. And then the Ray Charles album. Um, probably, dang, five? Oh, Joshua Tree, U2, for sure. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. For so sure. Good. 
Oh, so. and then uh, Call Me Crazy, Leanne Womack. Leanne Womack, oh my God. Is there any chance I could trade out um, or convince you to trade out? Uh, is New Edition before your time? Do you know who New Edition is? I know, I know, I'm not super familiar, but I'm gonna. You mentioned them twice now, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go get to know them better after this. You gotta go listen to New Edition's Grace. It's it's the greatest album ever. Do you know who Belva DeVoe is? You've heard Poison, right? I've heard Poison. Yeah, Poison. Yeah. Okay. So that's three of the guys from the band New Edition. Anyway. We got to have a whole other call so I can uh, update you on New Edition. Anyway, (laughs) could I trade out an Eric Church album? Matt, I do like, I love Eric Church. I haven't been, I've been more of like his, his top 40 Eric Church type person. I know that's a really crappy thing to say. I love him. I think he's dope. But like top to bottom listening, I have not, no. You haven't, I like, probably won't after saying this now, so he's going to hear this and be like, screw you, Abby Anderson. Abby, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Eric Church doesn't listen to my podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. He, he might. He might. All right, two more. Um, how many bathrooms were in the house that you grew up with with seven children and six girls, and was there a schedule? <laughs> oh, gosh, the house we grew up in, three bathrooms. Um, and you said how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms? And then, and was there a schedule was seven? So you had seven children, two parents, six of them girls, how many bathrooms? And was there a schedule? Yep. Three, three or four bathrooms in the house I grew up in. It was a, it was a good size house. It was awesome. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, no schedule. We were just fighting all the time, all the time fighting. Yeah. It's good for character, you know? (laughs) Have you ever seen the movie? See, I just added another one. Have you ever seen the movie um, Horton Hears a Who? Yes. So is it kind of like that where they had, remember he had a hundred kids, like like 99 daughters and one son. Was it kind of like that at your house or no? (laughs) We were just always fighting about like, you know, you took my shirt and, you know, hitting each other. I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're all best friends though. We're still super close. That's awesome. All right. You gave me way too much time. Here's the last question. What's the best advice your parents ever gave you? Ooh, the best advice. They've always, always said this is just ask. Mm. They've always said ask. Whether Mm. that's, you know, asking for the job you want or asking someone for their time, um, asking the universe in prayer or just manifestation, just ask, ask for everything you want. Yeah. All right. So you have a concert in uh, August 30th? August 30th. Yep. Headliner show in Nashville. (laughs) Pretty sure I'm going to be there. One way or another. Oh, let's go. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to be there. Uh, But all right. So August 30th in Nashville. How do people get tickets? Do you know? Um, I actually need to post this today. But yeah, you can just go to my website, abbyandersonmusic.com, and it'll take you to the to the ticket link. And all your socials, you are on socials. Uh, what's your favorite social that you use? I like TikTok right now. TikTok. That's where I it's love at, TikTok. Right? It's awesome. Right. Yeah. Yep. So what how can people find you there? Probably you can just find me too. at Abby Anderson Music. Abby Anderson Music. I know you're on Twitter and you don't respond to tweets, which is fine. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I literally, no, Aaron, this morning I was like, I have not been on Twitter in a month because I just don't, I don't love Twitter. It's just, it's just kind of a negative app to me. 
So I was on there today to like update my banners and actually tweet about like, oh, P.S. I have an album. And then I see all these tweets from you and I'm like, well, I'm an asshole. It's probably like, who's this pretentious little brat thing she no, is? you're probably you like, know? who is this freak that keeps tweeting at me? No, please. <laughs> I'm just not on Twitter. That's not a you thing. Sorry. That's a me thing. I'm not on. That's I'm, fine. You know, <laughs> I'm going to put that out just so everybody doesn't think I'm stalking you on Twitter. Um, there you go. We didn't talk about Juicy. We didn't talk about Juicy. All right. Uh, very quickly. Oh, we need to talk about Juicy. All right. Let's talk about Juicy. That, that's that's a single. It's a hard left turn from yeah. everything else you've For done. Sure. Uh, I love the Bruno Mars kind of 70s. I mean, I was born in the 70s. I'm old. I, I kind of like that feel. I like the vibe, yeah. the little soul train kind of thing. Uh, let's talk about Juicy. Yeah, no, it's funny. Juicy, too. Again, it's about, like, I had recovered from my eating disorder. And I think I was just trying to, like, get used to, like, eating disorders are such a mind F. Because even though, even when you're sick and people are telling you, oh, you look amazing, you look so healthy, you're like, okay, but I'm, like, so sick, you know? Mm, right. <laughs> and so, right. obviously, I gained weight in my recovery. And it was just, even though I felt good, um, I noticed that like, it was just weird trying to like get used to the way I looked again, you know, comfortable in your skin. And, uh, right? Yeah. Comfortable in your skin again. So right. to me, like juicy, I wrote that one about recovery, but also just being juicy, like spiritually, emotionally, just being full in every way. And now like, yeah. I don't have to starve myself in any way and I can be loud. I can be who I am. I can, I can just be full. That's what that's what it's about. I love it. I love the album. The album is out today. Sugar Spice. Where did yes. the title come from? I keep asking you more questions, Abby. The, no, do it. It's okay. So the the song Sugar Spice is one of the titles. It's track six on the album, and we wrote that song. And I was like, Golly, like I just that feels like an album title to me because I'm sugar and spice. You know, I'm a little bit of everything. It's kind of no. all. You know, it's the umbrella of everything. So there it is. It is out today and it's out on yes. all platforms, correct? Yes, sir. There it is. Abby, you are wonderful. Um Thank I you. knew it before we got on today. I've been telling people for a week, driving everybody I know crazy, like just talking <laughs> about Abby Anderson to the end of the earth. I I am your hype man. Uh I will be your hype man if you ever need it. Uh I'm just Thank such you. a fan of of your whole story, your joy. Uh, your joy for life, uh, everything that you're doing. I'm just such a fan. And I'm so honored that you would come on on the day your album is released, uh, your yeah. debut album. So everybody listening, please go check out her website, follow her on socials. And by all means, please go check out the album. It's so good. It's so good. I'm proud of you. I don't even know you, but Thank I'm proud you, of you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for <laughs> having me. Best. I really appreciate it. This was awesome. Absolutely. All right. Well, well let's do it again. I'll see you August 30th in Nashville. Uh, somewhere I'll be in that concert. I promise. Awesome. Thank you. Aaron. I appreciate Thank you, Aaron. it. Right, Talk bye. later. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the unscripted podcast with your host, Aaron Conrad. Make sure to like share, follow and review on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, make sure to check out my song, Great and Mighty One, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your music. We'll see you next time on Unscripted with Aaron Conrad.